0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening
1: world.
2: Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes.
3: And welcome everyone and thank you for being an intentional spirit and being out there continuing to evolve uh learn more about yourself uh seek for greater meaning and and being willing to be different uh so that you can truly be a difference maker uh talking about someone that's willing to be uh different I love anyone that takes the title, not only takes the title as far as entitlement but is uh, truly being it in every way and today I'm talking with mystic David Hofmeister, who is a living demonstration that peace is possible David, welcome to our show today.
4: Oh thank you temple. It's great to be here.
3: Well, you have such a wide range of work, and uh, you've made such an impact on our planet. But before we delve into especially your new book, Quantum Forgiveness, Physics, and Meet, Meet Jesus, I would like to hear, and our audience is always interested in, how did you get to be an intentional spirit?
4: Well, it started, I think, um, back after about 10 years of university full-time just searching and thinking there has to be more to life than meets the eye and just having a real curious soul and questioning a lot of things um reading a lot of things and i started to have some pretty powerful experiences around um the mid-1980s at the end of my uh kind of graduate school work and then um i came across a course in miracles out in uh La Jolla, California, I went out to hear Carl Rogers and Virginia Satir, some amazing speakers. And then I was drawn to this table and uh, was kind of just lifted into this uh, book called A Course in Miracles with some teachers and students that were there. And then when I opened it up, it was just like waves, like a giant tsunami of energy and love just washing over me. And I kind of had a feeling my, my whole life would go off in another trajectory at that point. Like I'd found my calling or my mission in life uh, in kind of a surprising way where I re- wasn't uh, looking for it to show up like that. And so that kind of launched me on a very deep journey and um, many mystical experiences, revelatory experiences, um, very transcendent experiences. And then at some point that just... Deepened and then I was guided to kind of share it with the world in in a lot of different uh, tools and techniques that people could relate to. Because sometimes esoteric work is kind of flies over people's heads. So that's been my calling to put it in in simple terms for people so that they can really grasp it.
3: It's an amazing work, and uh, I. I- I can't even count the people in my lifetime that I've met, that their lives have truly been changed forever because of A Course in Miracles. I remember my early introduction to unity. It was like when, oh, 37 years ago, so I must have been five at least, right? Mm. (laughs) Anyway, um, I remember starting to read the Course and I'll... I, and it, it still stays with me. The lesson for the day was things aren't as they seem or things aren't always mm-hmm. as they seem. And there was ice on the windshield and I was scraping, scraping, scraping. And it wasn't on the outside. It was on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Woo, doo doo How cool, how cool is that? Well, yeah. you have and part of our excitement of having you on our show is that we really wanted to get the word out about your new book, Quantum Forgiveness Physics Meet Jesus. Now, first of all, I just have to know, how did this title get birthed? I mean, is there a, a story there uh, of how that title came into being?
4: Well, it's kind of interesting because back in the nineteen late 1980s, I actually tuned in so much, after reading the course for about eight hours a day for two and a half years, uh, all of a sudden I had this stream of thought that wasn't uh, David's stream of thought. It was was actually Jesus Christ. And so it wasn't kind of the stuff that just that we know from the Bible and the Gospels, you know, I am with you always, even to the end of time, and love your neighbor as yourself and all that stuff. It was, you know, call so-and-so, go visit so-and-so, you forgot your keys, turn left, you know, your other left. No, I mean left. Go left. You know, and stuff like that. <laughs> so it was almost like a practical Jesus, almost like he was like a little a little bird on my shoulder, um, comforting me, but also instructing me. When I would go to lectures, he would point out things that the lecturer was talking about, and he had a lot of commentary. So I really had this uh, intimate connection with Jesus. Uh, it's gone on, actually, for the last about 29 years. And um, so actually when this book was kind of in the uh, inception idea phase, um, Jesus, I called my friend Nikita, and I said, uh, I'm getting a title here, and he wants it to be called Quantum Forgiveness, Physics, Meet Jesus. Um, kind of like, almost like two f- physics majors and physics and scientists around the world to kind of meet Jesus, who's I would say he's like the ultimate uh, quantum physicist, because he's he's in the field, <laughs> the quantum field. He's in the field, and so he can instruct us how to get there.
3: What do you feel that um, in your book? What direction, or what are some of the key ideas that you make a reference to Jesus and how it can value mainstream today?
4: Well, I think a lot of us who were familiar with the Judeo-Christian world and, and Christianity, uh, we have had a, a very linear view of time and space, um, and therefore our even our interpretations of the Bible and forgiveness as taught in the New, New Testament, the Gospels, was very linear. Um, I remember in the Bible, Jesus said, Forgive 70 times 7. But I tried that. That's 490 times, and I, <laughs> I still didn't reach it. Uh, but it was very linear, and so I think what's practical about this book is it, it starts to bring in a quantum view of the world. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, before, before quantum physics was discovered, about seven, a little over seven decades ago. I and mean, when you think of splitting the atom and max planck and einstein and so forth before that we had uh, isaac newton and Newtonian physics which was basically there's an external objective world out there and we can measure it and run scientific experiments and deduce what what the world is like from the experiments and then quantum physics comes along and says actually there's no world outside of consciousness that the the early uh, quantum physicists discovered that they couldn't get the experimenter out of the experiment, which which really meant the end of the scientific uh, equation as we've known it in Newtonian physics because it's all subjective. So that's why, you know, Schrodinger's cat experiment and so on and so forth, it depends on the mind of the experimenter to determine what the outcome was of the experiment. So how is that practical? Well, in day-to-day terms, it's it's saying that we are responsible for the world we see. And, of course, in miracles and Jesus, and I would say even the Gospels, uh, when really understood, are showing that we are always responsible for our state of mind and that we can learn to let go of judgments and grievances and and clear the mirror of our mind and and live a very happy, peaceful, joyful life. You know, there's there's
3: so much that's about relationship, and even though you know we speak platitudes and bumper stickers, and uh, so often you hear it in in you know at least one talk from a reverend a month that the importance and the and the need to forgive. Um, and yet it it still seems it's like a theory to people uh and that's mm-hmm. my own discernment okay and i would be one mm-hmm. of those people um so i'm not being self-righteous it seems it's still a theory more than a a dedicated practice that it's 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 a daily thing i mean people act like it's either a trip to disney 3 times a year or uh, it's an explainable reason as to why they don't have money in the bank or why their back hurts. Um, but yet, what is it that it, it seems to me that, um, I mean, I can't remember a day where some act or some intention about letting something go isn't there. You know, yeah. even if, even if it's related to me. Now, I'm not trying to imply that I've got it. <laughs> or whatever that means you know what i mean it's hard to put this kind of stuff in language because i'm i'm just real clear i'm not uh my intention is not like i'm waiting on the world to figure it out i'm talking Mm -hmm. about with all the people over your 30-year work and 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 people that you've met uh it it forgive is a word like fear it's like it it almost like is a buzzword you know Mm -hmm. um that it's almost like we get so in the buzz of the word that we become desensitized to the practicality of it's just something we do. Like we drink, mm. you know, have our body weight in uh, water every day. Uh, we eat, you know, meals a day. Forgiveness is not some foreign substance. It's that it's part of everyday life. So that's all that with me and what do you think about what mm-hmm. I
4: just said? Yeah. I think it's very observant in the sense that um you know, forgiveness a lot of times I think people use it as a as a fix. So they'll wait till they have a problem or an upset and then they'll say, Okay, it's time to forgive But um I find that among the mystics and saints and the wayshowers, they they say, watch your mind very carefully. Uh, you have to become attentive. That, that basically one thing that was missing through a lot of religious text for so many years. I think that's probably why we had so many wars between the religions, is because nobody was talking about the unconscious mind. But then you know we have in more modern times, Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung, for example, talking about the shadow that forgiveness is just a word on the surface of consciousness. For most people, it's something like, oh, yeah, I I need to forgive when they start to feel an intense upset. But when people feel, we'll say, irritated, annoyed, bothered, they're not really thinking, oh, this is my opportunity to forgive. They're usually groaning and moaning (laughs) moaning. and complaining. And then when it gets really extreme, like uh, maybe diagnosis with cancer or uh, a, a so-called significant life event, like a spouse dies or a spouse leaves, a child dies or leaves or something like that, then they can have such intense grief or loss or abandonment that then they go, oh, I need to search out and I, I think I need to forgive. But they don't really see that every second of every day is a, is a glorious opportunity for us to to train our minds into this state of, of innocence and original glory. So I, I think you're right. I think you're, you're on the pulse of the world where um, most people in the world are kind of distracted into a lot of things of this world, and they, they don't really see mind training or um, purifying their heart as, as a central thing in their life. Usually it's survival of the body. That's, and, and conveniences and comforts of the body, that's kind of taken over. And forgiveness is kind of on the back shelf, like you said. It's just something that, it's its, a, it's kind of a weakened word because people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, forgiveness, oh, yeah, forgive, that's right, that's a good thing.
3: Yeah, it does. It, it's its just a very interesting thing. I, I, I know that on occasion when I've mentioned forgiveness, it's like, it's almost like people stop breathing, you know. As a frame of reference of the energy shifts in the room, instead of going up, it um, mm-hmm. it comes down. You know, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't. Um, so, how do we how do we make it exciting and um, a look forward to? Is that uh, part of what your goal is? Is that part of your intention of you know how to have a happier and a more connected life?
4: Yeah, I think a lot of times when people think of, like, meditation, they can feel, like, either bored or they feel like it's not the best use of their time or they feel um, they wander, their mind wanders so much that they really wonder how effective the meditation is. After I went with the course into these deep states of mind and, and had these revelatory experiences, my mind was so energized and so lit up that at that point... I really wasn't struggling with anything of the world anymore. I didn't have any struggling relationships or I wasn't struggling with the government or with terrorism or with the ozone layer. I, I just come, came into this like healing, holistic perspective of the world. We might say looking at the world from the observer or from the higher self. And then suddenly my, my purpose was to, to help make it fun, Uh, I always thought, wow, why can't forgiveness and awakening and enlightenment and self-realization, why can't it be fun? You know, wouldn't it go much faster if it was fun? And so I started using movies and all kinds of different exercises, uh, experiential exercises. And I started using movies as like modern-day parables where – wouldn't necessarily be the whole movie. I would start off with movie clips, and I would show particular themes. Like one theme is kind of um, healing and true empathy, and I would pick like a scene from uh, Robert Redford's Horse Whisperer movie with a very young Scarlett Johansson. Mm -hmm. The horse becomes injured, and then um, the daughter is injured, and then the mother, Christy Scott Thomas, uh, she comes in, and her husband comes in. And suddenly, um, Robert Redford's playing the Horse Whisperer, which is based on an actual man named Buck, who was the Horse Whisperer, who went through all this healing after a traumatic childhood. He learned to communicate with horses and and use his connections with animals, almost like St. Francis, to come to this beautiful state of, of peace and surrender. So I would use clips to teach various topics and people love that because they knew the movies, and I could use, you know, the Poseidon adventure or the matrix or Truman show groundhog day. Um, and then it evolved over the years where I would start off with Holy spirit commentary to set the movie up and then interject just in really insightful commentary at certain pauses in the movie So people's minds were, like, primed and ready to grasp, like, major wisdom, and I would do that. The Spirit would, like, do that with the movies. So it would be like Jesus teaching uh, with his parables from the Bible. Um, He would give parables to kind of give examples because the, the experiences were so deep that he was pointing to. So people started to have uh, mystical experiences with me in these movie gatherings. Instead of taking LSD or ecstasy or ayahuasca, they would come in and get propelled many times into very deep mystical experiences with me, uh, kind of priming their mind and then using these amazing Hollywood movies. And it would happen all around the world. I would do it in different cultures where I didn't even speak the language. I would get um, subtitles, and the same thing would happen. People would spring into these experiences. Um, Sometimes their knees would wobble, and they they couldn't um, leave the room because they were in such a deep, mystical state. And there was no drugs involved. So I thought, hmm, this is making it very practical, and there's something about, Watching movies that people enjoy. There's an entertainment factor there too, so it's almost it's like it's not so direct. It's almost like they're learning through the characters, and it doesn't seem as threatening as and as personal as it's uh, they're going through it in terms of relationships in their own life.
3: Yeah, I, I, I can totally see that and, um, I'm part of the, uh, Leadership Council of Association of Global New Thought and we had Awakening World, um, International Film Festival last year in Santa Barbara and it was just profound, uh, to people, see people literally having an aha or an awakening, you know, in the midst of, uh, the timing of the film. There is a film I want to bring to your attention um it's, uh, the, the filmmaker, his name is John Viscount, and the movie is called Admissions. Admissions, oh. it's 20, okay. 20 minutes. And he oh. is the co-founder of Peace Now. So we need to get the two of you hooked up. Um, -hmm. uh, Sharon Stone just, uh, became part of his board. Uh, he is, uh, collecting a billion signatures so that we can have our own legitimate peace department, but I need to, if you will email me at temple at templehays.com, uh, I'll connect the two of you so that you guys belong together, at least about something. Uh, this, this film you will find is just, uh, mind boggling. It is profound. And he's working on his next one with Sharon Stone about, uh, cyberbullying and things like that. So anyway, so that would be just a great experience, uh, for, for both of you. I want to urge all of you that are listening to go to David Hoffmeister, H-O-F-F-M-E-I-S-T-E-R dot com. Hmm. Um and look at all of the things that he offers, uh, not only his new book, which is just out, but he offers a lot of videos that you can watch. He has a, a tremendous body of work on there. and you'll want to take the time to do that. Uh, we'll be right back after this short break.
1: Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on A Course in Miracles, with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free, every Friday at 2 p.m. Central, here on Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world.
0: There is peace.
1: There is quiet.
6: Reverend Paulette's mantra is, The voice of an awakening world.
4: Letting go in the
1: still.
2: Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes.
3: Welcome back, everyone. We're talking with David Hausmeier Meister today. He is a specialist with quantum forgiveness. He teaches peace all over the world, and he is featuring his new book today, which just the title alone makes you want to go get it, like right now. It's called Quantum Forgiveness. It's already a number one bestseller. Quantum Forgiveness, Physics Meet Jesus. So, David, um, walk us through some uh, elements of the book, and why will uh, readers benefit from having it?
4: Well, one of the things in spirituality is people are exposed to theological systems and philosophical systems, and oftentimes they can be very, very intellectual, and um I think it's great to be open-minded and see what really resonates with with your heart. But also, um, there's a calling to go into an experience. I think that's what everybody really wants is peace of mind as an experience. So, with the chapters in this book, Quantum Forgiveness, Physics Meet Jesus, it will lay out some of the key ideas of quantum physics, which... Has been around with us for about seven or decades or so. Um, and some people are slightly familiar with that, but most of us were raised with, you know, Newtonian science. You know, for every action, there's a reaction and, and chemistry and elements and, and atoms consisting of protons and neutrons and electrons. And they've discovered, you know, that atoms are mostly just space and, what seems to be a very solid world is like a, a mental projection. Uh, even in The Matrix, Morpheus tells Neo that The Matrix is a, a mental projection of your digital self. And so the pop culture is starting to catch up with this, uh, we'll say more holistic and quantum way of looking at the world. So the chapters basically take you into some very profound ideas about a whole new way of looking at the world based on quantum physics. And then we have movies that I would say are less and less according to the way we expect movies to be. Like There's a movie called Next um, that's in the book, and... Mm -hmm. It starts to get into, uh, some people have seen it, you know that by the end there's a bit of superposition and and there's some quantum effects that are used very much in the movie. Um, there's another X-Men movie, I think one of the later X-Men movies, called uh, Days of Future Past, in which they have to kind of go back into a major forgiveness lesson and find out where the projection and blame and control are and let go of it. For there to be a, a a healing that occurs, and literally the the world is saved in that movie by this uh, exercise of, of going back and and releasing this false cause, the the murderous cause. Uh, there's some other movies that are in there too. There's a total of seven movies, and one of them is called Mr. Nobody, and that movie really breaks our our typical rules, linear rules for a movie. Um, with Nia, Nemo Nobody, uh, the main character, it takes a lot of, um, you might say, coaching, mental coaching and spiritual uh, instruction to to make it through that movie, but the benefits are enormous. If, if you start to gain the insights that are available to some of these uh, more, I call them quantum movies, it's just absolutely spectacular. So I would say the book is a combination between the, the, the teachings of A Course in Miracles, teachings of quantum physics, and then you have a chance to actually go and watch the movies as you prepare your mind and, and go into uh, an experience, much like you were describing of that uh, the, like the conference out there in Santa Barbara where people were having all those insights that this um, the book actually asks you to participate and to go on a journey within, and it's it's pretty much designed as a tool to take you there, take your mind there.
3: I love it, um, and it's so powerful what what you're doing. Um, could you give us a couple of stories of people, I'm sure you have many of people that have written you and um, shared some insight that they have received from reading the book?
4: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting that um, people will write and say somehow it seems to consolidate a lot of insights that they've had over the years. A lot of a lot of those aha moments that you mentioned where they things start to just come together and they go, Oh that's what that is um, sometimes someone will watch be watching a movie and um, be so ready to receive the insight that they have a mystical experience and it basically they tell me that it changes their practice because before this major insider before this mystical experience, they were kind of in hope mode, you know, like I hope this practice that I'm doing will eventually bring me some kind of expanded awareness or some kind of experience that I can really relate to, that I I can really claim as my own instead of just hoping and wishing and praying for something in the future. And I think that's the best... um, benefit of of using this book in that way when people have an actual experience then their their confidence and their feeling of connection with spirit just grows so strong that it kind of spurs on their practice so that their whole practice is infused with the remembrance of this uh, amazing experience so it's been life-changing for people in that sense and i would say it with a higher perspective on on life, then the creativity starts to pour through them. They they start to do things that that have been kind of there all along, as something that they thought they wanted to eventually get to. But this helps bring them into the inspiration to just let it pour through them and and to like make their contribution for the for the whole planet.
3: So, over your next uh, two to three years, David, what's your what's your main focus, and how can we support you as intentional spirits?
4: Well, it's interesting over this last 25 years how I was so open to anything, and how the spirit just kind of said, I have to schedule you into people's lives, because people have such uh, complicated and scheduled lives. So, I traveled around the planet to 41 countries and 49 states uh, with a very scheduled life. And now, I would say these next two to three years, I'm just entering a phase of very spontaneous travel where just like the invitation to come on your show or to go visit people, uh, right now I'm in Los Angeles, California, and visiting some friends. And my life has become... uh, very spontaneous, so I'm very open right now to just receiving more spontaneous invitations and then having these deep heart-to-heart talks, deep meditations with people, and um, just answering their questions with what's going on in their daily life as opposed to speaking at large uh, conferences and, um, you know, doing uh, larger retreats um, like I have. I've done one, two, three, I've even done like six-week retreats, which seems like a very long time now. But uh, my mode is much more spontaneous, hippity-hop travel right now. And so if anybody feels they want to contact me and, um, and really spend some quality time with me, that's that's really coming right down my alley.
3: Okay. And we had uh, talked about um, during the, the break uh, the ability for someone to get a chapter or two for free by uh, responding on your website. Is that correct, David?
4: Yes. We For all the listeners today, uh, they can go and, and click on a link and uh, and actually download the first two chapters of the book as a free gift just to get a feel for it and, and see if it really resonates. It's something that would be helpful. So they would just, Go to davidhoffmeister.com, and most people can spell David, but the Hoffmeister is H O F F M E I S T E R. And then after davidhoffmeister com, just a forward slash, and then QF gift for, in short, for Quantum Forgiveness Gift. QF gift. After that forward slash, and then they can just download uh, the first two chapters and get a feel for uh, what the book's about.
3: And don't you find it is somewhat odd that you're um, a mystic and um, you carry Meister like Meister Eckhart in your life? <laughs> I'm sure I do. you. I'm sure you. This is that's not your first awakening. Uh, when did you make that uh, connection in your life? Did was it you that went? Oh, maybe this is some kind of uh, sign or did someone early on bring that to your attention?
4: I think I was about 40 years old, and somebody from Germany, because it's a a German name, um, they told me that Meister meant master. So I said, hmm, that was very curious for me. And then I said, what about the Hof? And they said, well, is it one F, two Fs? And I said, it's two Fs. And they said, well, the one F tended to mean, like, yard. So yard master would be Hofmeister with one F. But Hofmeister with two Fs was hope, master so awesome. of hope. And I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> because uh, it's like, you know, how the little pieces of the puzzle start to click in for us. And I love your first name, Temple. And my first name, David, uh, I was named after King David in the Bible, And uh, my sister, my one sister, her first and middle name are Mary and Joe, which are the the parents of Jesus. (laughs) So (laughs) I thought, hmm, it was it was quite an interesting puzzle. You know, we get all these symbols as we go along, but I was quite blown away by all of that myself at forty years old. It is. It's
3: fascinating, and um, you know, with certain names and. And my name, that is my birth name. And certainly there was no intention because it was a deep Southern Baptist community. They weren't metaphysical or anything. They just had a metaphysical daughter that they've been kind of trying to understand or not ever since. (laughs) But, um, yeah, you know, it it really has come up for me many times. Anything from taking care of my physical body, you know, which is related to on a number of cases. occasions in scripture or you know to just keep an inner sanctuary of well-being as best as i can so uh and my father's name was david so um,
6: oh, beautiful.
3: david yeah. is a david is an awesome awesome name i mm-hmm. i would love to have you uh come and i'm sure that many unity centers uh would be interested in having you as well um it, it's great that you are uh, opening up to doing different types of things now in in your work is there uh, you have so many uh, books and and materials would you like to talk about uh, unwind your mind uh, back to god what does that um, mean um, as far as unwinding your mind
4: Well, thank you. Yeah, I have to say, too, that I've been down to St. Petersburg a number of times over the years, and I've just really enjoyed that area and had a lot of friends down there, so I hope to make it down that way to your center. And Unwind Your Mind is a book that um, it started out as a very detailed um, website that was dedicated to the Holy Spirit, who I call the Teacher of Teachers. Uh, it's Jesus had said in the Bible, when I go away, I will send the comforter. And so I think of that Holy Spirit as like our higher self, our intuitive self that's there, always nurturing us, reminding us of our divine innocence and, and perfection and calling us back to recognize ourselves as the perfect child of God. And so I worked with students, uh, starting in the 1990s and put all of these interactions and teachings on this website, uh, which was still today is online so people can access it freely. It's at miracleshome.org. And then it was turned into a book, and I think the book itself is about 520 pages, and it's it's three different um, books in one, actually. Uh, And what it is, the, the value of this book is it, I actually show people how to go into their mind and, and how to watch their mind and how to train their mind because um, Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount and and the course is a mind training system with 365 lessons in the workbook. And I put a book together of me working with the students with all their questions around relationships and finances and health and in abundance and many questions, jealousy and envy, so forth, and how to go back in their mind. So it's it's kind of the how, and that's important for people. When people think, I tell people the Holy Spirit is the how, and then they say, How do I get in touch with the Holy Spirit? And this book is a, is a demonstration of that. It's really powerful.
3: Tremendously powerful. Do you have a blog,
4: David? Yeah, I do have a blog, um, blog on blogspot, that I've done some things. And there's a Yahoo group that I have written to for about uh, 12 or 13 years uh, called Awakening in Christ. And then um, it's just I've done so many of those kind of things. And even from answering people's emails for so many years, I put together a book of questions and answers called Healing in Mind. And people ask me about families and things, issues like pregnancy or specific diseases. And um, it's a way of tracing it back into the consciousness and mind, very similar to how Louise Hay would trace back specific symptoms uh, that were related to the body and, and emotions back to what's going on with the thoughts and beliefs so people can be aware of that and then release those beliefs so it's, it's very practical
3: yeah that's what i like about all of your work it's it's very practical and um it's it's about everyday life um so even though it's it's dealing with the ethereal of of miracles are happening and they're happening right now it also is a how-to uh if you will and um and relatability, and we can make a change right now. Uh, do you feel that uh, certain places uh, with within the world, because you have traveled extensively, carry more of an energy of possibility for healing than others?
4: Well, I think it's, it's very symbolic. I think the whole world is symbolic. So once we open up our hearts and minds, then I think... We open up to these experiences, and they might be called vortexes, or hot spots, or energy spots. Um, I like how, in a Course in Miracles, Jesus says, uh, "The holiest spot on earth is where an ancient hatred has become a present love." So he's kind of pointing us to let go of our grievances. But um, I feel like I've gone to a lot of countries. Sometimes the warmer climates, uh, the people are very warm and friendly, too, I notice, um, and very open-hearted, and um, I've gone to some ashrams and some places uh, that people call energy spots, and, and, uh, yeah, I've had very, very heart-opening and wonderful experiences, so I feel it's best, instead of focusing on the spot itself as an energy spot, to just realize it's a reflection of of one's own willingness to open up to oneness and unity, and then these things just show up in our awareness.
3: So they can be anywhere, anytime.
4: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was very shy and extremely quiet, and I was voted most quiet in my senior class in the senior superlatives. And then this carried on into my 20s uh, when I was in university, and then with the Course in Miracles my heart just started opening up and I first Jesus was wanting to speak to me and then he was wanting to speak through me. And my parents had always said, Well, don't you know, don't ever talk about God or politics in public or unless you're gonna really take a a huge feedback. But I ended up um, feeling so filled with joy that I, I felt impelled to share it with everyone I meet around the world. So not everyone's ready to hear it verbally, but they certainly like to meet a happy one who uh, is just sparkling, and they kind of look into my sparkling eyes, and then they seem to, to reflect my happiness. So I think that's the way that it works.
3: Yeah, that's – I love it. I I really – and what a pertinent conversation to have as, as we're ready to get into the season. Uh, to think about true, authentic happiness and what that looks like, as well as is what is possible to us, that we're just barely tapping the surface, surface of what's available to us and the miracles happening all the time. Uh, with mm-hmm. our uh, remaining minutes, David, what would you like to highlight? I mean, what is your... What is your most passionate drive? Uh, what is something that's uh, near and dear to your heart right
7: now?
4: Well, it seems like when people invite me, it's just that is, there's nothing greater to me than somebody who has a sincere, open heart and invitation. And I have found that that's the most joyful thing for me, is just staying open and accepting invitations. So, like, yesterday I was invited to go to Universal Studios out here for the first time, and I was kind of like the kid in the the candy store because of all the movies that I used uh, for so many years in my books and my workshops and retreats. And so um, just a sense of childlike wonder and a sense of openness, like not really knowing and letting the spirit uh, show the way. and and kind of show me a new sparkling world, I think that's the most important thing that I have found, to stay very trusting and very open-minded, and then every moment and every encounter is brand new, and and there's no sense of a a past or an agenda there at all.
3: And so um, I just want to remind everyone to go to the website, DavidHoffmeister.com. That's David Hoffmeister, H O F F M E I S T E R.com. You can get your free gift today, uh, first couple of chapters of his new dynamic book. And David, what is the forward slash on that website, please?
4: It's forward slash QF Gift, all one word lowercase, QF Gift.
3: As in quantum forgiveness, QF gift. If you are enjoying uh, these types of conversations that we offer each and every week, and we literally have people uh, throughout the world listening, uh, please visit us at unitycampus.org or templehays.com. We'd love to have you as more part of our community and.
2: Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Rev. Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehays.org.
1: Each of us has a unique purpose, a special gift to offer the world. Despite the differences in our talents and abilities, there is one gift that we all can share, the gift of peace. Peace isn't something that takes a particular talent. It's an ability we all possess. All we have to do is tap into it. Peace doesn't require a certain set of circumstances either, but rather a state of willingness. When I do whatever is mine to do from that place of peace within, I contribute to the peace of the world. James Dillett Freeman said, I give the gifts that are mine to give, as naturally as a tree gives shade or a bird's song. It is my nature to give. I give peace. Peace can begin with me.
7: To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org.
5: Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Reverend Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of god join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity we will discuss through lecture live interviews and call-in questions spiritual healing prayer prosperity forgiveness new thought views about eternal life and much more the world is waiting for your truth transformation only on unity online radio
1: The moment we live can be holy, and all we need to do to experience that state is to make the decision to do so. Everything we do can be a prayer, and by using our innate creativity with intention, in every aspect of our lives, that can indeed be true. Author Carla Cannon wrote, Creativity is so much more than art making. It is a tool for navigating through everyday experiences to find the sacred in each God-given moment. Discover Creative Spirit, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time, and experience the joy of connecting to spirit through creative expression.
0: Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost 100 years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio, words from our past.